Welcome to the Therapist Connect podcast. Dr. Peter Blundell interviews therapists about their work and experiences within the therapist community. Hello, and welcome to the Therapist Connect podcast. My name is Dr. Peter Blundell, and today I'm interviewing counselor and psychotherapist Kieran Hurley. Kieran is a therapist in Sheffield, but he also has a background in nursing and has been a lecturer at both of the universities in Sheffield. And I welcome him to this episode of the podcast. Hi. Hello. How are you doing? I'm really good, thank you. How are you? I'm okay, thanks. Yeah, I'm well. Good. Good. Thanks very much for doing this. It's a pleasure. So I suppose my first one is then, how did you come to be a therapist and kind of what drew you into into doing therapy? So um, I had, I started my, like at 18, I went to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. So I went to university, trained in nursing, worked in operating theatres and, and critical care uh, kind of environments for yeah. 11 years. Wow. Towards the end of that, um, my career was heading into an education kind of field. Yeah. I was I had a few different roles, kind of supporting colleagues in, in their CPD and further training. Um that led to some lecturing at university, mm-hmm. which then led on to a, a, a career in lecturing. So Fantastic. I spent years altogether in, in two different universities. Wow. Then during my university stages, various precipitating factors, I had a, a few episodes of depression for which I saw types, so I got some counselling for that. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a vague awareness of counselling as a thing, that yeah. people used and never really kind of had any understanding of what it was or, or how it worked. So experiencing it from the from the kind of client perspective was a real eye opener. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I learned through that, amongst many other things, was that um, counselling was as much about learning and development as it was about health and well-being. Yeah. Um, which that kind of it made a lot of sense to me. So, so once I kind of felt like I was properly you know, done with the depression as much as you could ever be, it's always, yeah. a, it's always there in the background, isn't it? Once you've had it, I think. Um, so once I felt like I was pretty much safe from, from relapsing uh, too readily, I set off on a counseling training course, kind of signed up. Did, did a foundation year to check it was what I really wanted and then mm-hmm. committed to the full three-year diploma uh, part-time. Never looked back. <laughs> and, and never looked back. Well, during that three-year diploma, I, I, my identity just completely shifted from lecturer to mm. therapist. And I just thought, you know, all the frustrations of, of, of working in higher education, I'm not really getting much benefit to offset the frustrations. Mm-hmm. So by the time I got to the end of my diploma, I'd already decided that I was going to just quit working at the uni and dive into private practice and, you know, apply for jobs and do whatever it took to, to support myself on that. Fantastic. I find that really fascinating because I trained as a 
social worker sorry I trained as a therapist then I trained as a social worker and now I'm lecturing about social work and therapy so I find it really interesting people who've gone from different like different careers really and that whole idea of like our professional identity changing as we as we moved between the the different roles um but it's interesting you've done similar but you've kind of come to therapy at the at the end of the journey really yeah yeah. Do you miss either nursing or lecturing at all? Do you know, I don't. Um, that, that identity shift that I talked about then, it, mm-hmm. it, it, was, it was familiar to me already, but in a different flavour. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd felt it from being a nurse to, to lecturer. So um, in one university, I, I did have a clinical role as well as the, the lecturing role. Mm-hmm. So I... I kind of worked in a clinical environment as well as being a lecturer. Yeah. But in the other university, there was no capacity for that. and It just wasn't an option. And, and the further away I got from that clinical experience, um, the less and less like I felt like a nurse. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and whilst I was still on the register, because it, it, it's a requirement for, for the job and, and all that, um, my practice was very much around the research and education of nurses, not not the doing of nursing. Yeah, and and, and that's what again that's another theme that kind of it was part of learning to be a lecturer. It was also part of becoming uh, sorry learning to be a therapist. It was also something I experienced as being a lecturer was that I, I am a nurse, but I do lecturing, and that difference between being and doing was really quite. A powerful awareness yeah. for me. And it, you know, when that old adage that those who can't do teach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Having that conversation around, well, actually, teaching is something you do, but nursing is something I have. Mm-hmm. Um, it really kind of put a nice frame on that, that type of yeah. conversation. Yeah. It comes up every now and then. So. It's fantastic. I find it, I mean, I found the transition into lecturing really interesting. And I think because it's about something that I love and therapy, um, I really enjoy it. But seeing the kind of students develop and get from kind of starting out on their training to kind of being qualified therapists at the end, I think is is fantastic, really. Um, and But I think it's helped with my own learning about therapy, actually seeing so many people go through, go through that journey um, whilst I'm kind of on the sidelines, if you like, kind of watch, watching them change and get their own professional identity. Have you been a lecturer for long? Um, so I've been doing it for about two years now. Right. So still kind of, I'd still say probably say quite new, really, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, as you can imagine, in 15 years, I, I saw quite a lot of groups kind of start. Yeah. Go through it and then graduate. And, and I agree, it was a really nice experience to kind of... Um, see people go through that journey from beginning to end yeah yeah it's brilliant um fantastic so um how would you describe your therapeutic approach then your modality if you like well i I describe it as existential Mm -hmm. um and (laughs) i got not told off but uh, there were conversations had between me and lecturers at the place i trained okay the, the the diploma well, my certificate says that I'm an integrative therapist yeah um, and and that, that I'm really, really quite convinced by um, the, you know the work that Mick Cooper's been doing recently around pluralism yeah um, 
and and you know mixed specifically coming from that existentialist place. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the thing about the existential approach is that it doesn't preclude or or it welcomes any technique that's applicable. So, um, uh, yeah, I did I do describe my approach as existential because what I'm dealing with is the the client's experience. Yeah. At the time they're experiencing it and the impact it's having on them now. But, um, and, and obviously the only thing that they can tell me and show me is what's happening to them right now in this moment. Yeah. So, uh, and, and for me, the, the philosophy of existentialism that, that kind of underpins the existential approach to therapy, mm. it, all, it all makes so much sense in that perspective of, you know, we have nothing but this moment. That's uh, really interesting. Did you, mm. as you... Have you so have you always described yourself in that way in terms of from your training or is it something that's changed over over time? Do you think? Uh, I always have, I think, because uh, there was a period in training when when I, I would I'd say yeah I was doing an integrative diploma um, and and that's what I was doing. And in those first couple of years, like the foundation stage and then the first year and early second year, it was kind of like. A bit unsure, kind of still finding my feet, still getting to know what the theories were and what they meant. And and, and it was when I started reading about existentialism that so many things just fell into place. That I thought, do you know what? Integrative doesn't describe intensely enough how I feel about existential approach. So yeah, yeah. So, so it kind of it, it was a growing awareness. Yeah, that, that kind of coalesced into something very real for me. Yeah the end of my second year of training um, fantastic and you mentioned there about pluralistic practice so does that do you consider yourself existential and pluralistic or could or do you just appreciate it from from the point of view that mick obviously has come from an existential background if you like yeah i, th- I think that i think the pluralism to, to my mind existentialist approach mm-hmm. because it is because it is so focused on the moment like yeah. not, not even the session the moment in the session yeah. Um, and and responding to the experience of the client. Now I've read about loads of little tips and techniques and methods that people can use to um, to, to learn and understand themselves better, to um, quiet the inner voices that are you know horribly self-critical, or destructive or disruptive. You know that I can tell people about those methods and I can give them papers that. You know, describe it to them so we can refer to it later. Or later. Little self-help tips, but none of that replaces the the presence of me. Yeah. In that, and my response to to what the person tells me or what I observe in them um, as I sit in there. Yeah. So I, I think yeah, the pluralism is is the bit that admits you know any and every technique that is a feasible and possible and useful. Yeah. And, you know that that I feel is within my scope and, and that's where CPD is really important. Yeah. You know, developing and enhancing those, you know, the skills, the techniques, the methods. Yeah. None of it will ever replace, you know, or in, um, the core. Yeah. Or super, absolutely. Yeah. The, the, that, that existential presence of, you know, I'm going to be authentic and, and honest with you. That's going to be balanced with, you know, being respectful of your needs and your resilience and, and where we're at in the journey. And I think it's fascinating as well in fact these discussions about our approach and how we define it and what it actually means to us and speaking to lots of different therapists everyone's really passionate about 
how how they see therapy and what it um, kind of what it means. You'll be familiar with Erin Stevens. Yeah, yeah. Spiritual, yeah. Um, I've got a huge amount of respect and value for, for the voice that Erin's putting out there. Absolutely, it, yeah. And it's calling everyone to, to be just accepting and understanding that we are, you know, we are individual and each what we are. Absolutely. Together, we form a profession that, that has you know, so many talents and so many opportunities to engage with clients in in ways that are you know absolutely beneficial and yeah. absolutely and it's it's kind of bringing everybody together isn't it and kind of acknowledging that there's differences there but actually we're probably stronger together than we would be kind of apart really and we've got enough difficulties as it is without infighting amongst ourselves <laughs> absolutely yeah. Um, do you describe yourself as having any specialisms then in terms of your practice and the, and the type of work that you do? I only qualified in September 2019. Okay. Um, so it, it only be in April 2020. Like, yeah. Kind of, you know, six or eight months in. Um, yeah. I feel it's a little early to, to declare a specialism. Yeah. But uh, I'm keen to work with children and young people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've I, I had a... Before schools were closed, um, I had a job in, in primary school, mm-hmm. working with um, the older end of the primary school children. Um, to, I, I did four sessions a week in high school, uh, again, working with the older end of, of the children in high school. Uh, yeah. And that was a high school with sixth form, so um, I worked with a couple of kind of 17, 18-year-old children as well. Yeah. Feel strange calling them children at that age because they're so <laughs> yeah. they're so ready to be adults. It, it, yeah. it, it was great to work with them, um, and uh, and that's been I've loved working with the children uh, and young people. Being a university lecturer, I'm also quite keen to kind of draw on that skill set um, mm. of working with young adults yeah. you know, who are just making their way in the world, still in the formative stages of, of life. Yeah. Um, where you know if they're experiencing difficulty and they get some help in kind of the growth and development that helps them to overcome them and be resilient to life's challenges, you know what an opportunity to kind of really help someone to to get the baseline right so that through their adult life they've got the skills and the self awareness to to kind of grow and mold themselves in ways that they want to be. Absolutely. And I think as well, having, um, you know, a counsellor at that kind of age in your life, really, where you can explore stuff and kind of actually really talk about what's going on. I think if you don't have that, actually, you can build lots of problems later on. And if people haven't got that opportunity to talk about things and kind of process stuff for that, as you say, at that kind of key age, really, when you're trying to figure out who you are and what you're about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What kind of thinking about that angle then as well? What kind of advice, because if you just kind of qualified within the within the last six months, say, um, if someone's thinking about training to be a, a therapist um, at this moment in time, would you give them any advice before going into it? <laughs> now, it's probably still really fresh in your mind. <laughs> it is, you know, yeah. And it's really hard to, to kind of give generic advice because yeah. for me, the process was so personal mm. and so introspective. That, that what I learned in it was completely different from what the you know the ten other people in my class learned. Yeah. Um, but what we did do was 
and I'm, I'm really, I'm, I would be certainly grateful to my colleagues. In this was, we were really respectful of the fact that we were each on our own journey, mm. but we were doing it together in parallel. And it was really, it was a really kind of supportive and nurturing group to be in, but without any of the kind, of, there was no expectation that we would be not do the same in any way really yeah so i think i if any you know i would, I would say that, that that that's the thing to, to be ready for mm-hmm. is that yes you're going to learn some theories and some ideas and some skill but, but really you know be ready to learn about yourself and, and to challenge yourself and allow yourself to change that idea there of what you're talking about of like your own process but then a group process as well and the balance balancing all of that and kind of understanding as you say that everyone's going on their own journey but you're all going on a collective one as well at the same time so it's uh it's uh i don't it's hard to describe isn't it before you've been through it yourself to kind of explain to people what that entails and what that's about yeah it is but then on the on the placement side or on the skill side of things, mm. I would also say um, to, to be courageous because it's easy to avoid, you know, the complex cases or the, the risky cases mm. because you don't feel ready yet. Yeah. But if you spend the whole of your training kind of not feeling ready, you, what you you know, there's a massive risk then that what you what you become at the end of it is someone who's not ready. <laughs> And that at someone, you know, at some stage in in the train, you have to grasp the nettle and, and trust your supervision and trust your college to support you with what you need to support the client through their own development and growth. What have there been? Has there been any challenges then since you've um, qualified and, and since you've been working as a therapist? Because it sounds like you you been quite successful. You've got a couple of organisations in your own private practice, so that's that, that sounds good. A good start. So um, I, I'm, I'm a natural schmoozer. I'm a real people person. <laughs> so um, I never leave the house without some business cards. Mm-hmm. Good, good everyone, top tip for people setting up in yeah, Everyone I meet that doesn't know already gets a business card. Yeah. Um, following up on, on every kind of inquiry and, and in, anyone showing the smallest bit of interest, then I've kind yeah. of I told them about, about, about my, my practice and my work. Um, when the when the primary school contacted me to say, you know, would you be interested in seeing a few of our children? I was kind of like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it it was just that kind of that query came out of the blue, really, to me. I, I didn't really. That was a friend of a friend who passed the card on to yeah. a teacher. At the end, I was kind of really was a little bit kind of surprised. First, but then thought, do you know what? I, um, I know what my limits are. So before I actually commit to seeing the, you know, meeting the, the client group, I'm going to have a chat with the, the people in the organisation to say, you know, what do you need? Yeah. What What are I offering? What are the safety nets that we need to put in place? Uh, and that was really useful to just kind of to get in there. And then whenever I've been involved with another organisation, I've kind of just made it clear, made it known that I'm I'm looking for work. That, yeah. Uh, that I've got hours available. If they've got work available, then let's talk and negotiate. 
Uh, just that right. idea of putting yourself out there really and kind of, as you say, making people known, I suppose networking, if you like, and, and, and kind of making yeah. sure that people are like, well, look, I'm here, I'm here if you, if you need me. And it's obviously led to, to a variety of opportunities for you as well. It has, yeah. And, and there's, I've had to be really flexible in that um, yeah. because you know, I went to a couple of networking events and then when I followed up on it, like one person, personal circumstances had intervened and they'd said, you know, give me six months and get back to me. Well, obviously, you know, the, my next point of call was to put a little reminder in my diary in six months' time to get back in touch with them. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, that door's not closed necessarily, but you know, yeah. we don't know what the future is. So it's that sense of, you know, being flexible, being responsive to every inquiry you get. Um, and, yeah. Making the most of those opportunities. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't, let them, don't let them pass you by. Yeah. And that, there's got to be a balance of kind of believing in yourself. You know, yeah. You have the skills you have, you have the training you've got. Um, but also knowing your limitations. There's got to be time when you say no to someone, either because, you know, you've reached capacity or that's out of your league or that's a client group that you're not comfortable with or, you know, whatever your reasons are for saying no, that's another option. Absolutely. That reflective process, yeah, of understanding what you can and what you can't do. Yeah. Mm. So um, you're one of the first people who kind of responded to the Therapist Connect um, stuff. So I was just wondering, um, how, one, how you'd experienced it, and two, kind of how do you experience social media as a, as a therapist in, in general? What's it, what's it been <laughs> like for you? Well, I... I was I've been a bit averse to social media in the past, mm-hmm. um, and and I, I kind of feel a bit novice with it, and especially using it as a business person. Yeah, it's kind of like the adjustment's quite strange. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it feels like an uncomfortable suit sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so yeah, I've heard stories about Twitter being. It can be a bit of a rough place to certainly can, <laughs> and I've seen a bit of that. Yeah, but generally speaking, I think because because I'm coming into it looking for other therapists uh, and people involved in education, especially primary education, these are quite gentle people that, that I'm kind of yeah. coming up against. So yeah. my, my experience largely has been has been quite good. The politics of the last few weeks yeah. has been a different. It's brought a different flavour to my feed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, and and uh, yeah, um, I, I feel the politics quite a lot. Yeah, uh, I, I think my, my personal perception is you, you can't separate politics from life mm. because you know every aspect of our life has a political dimension to it. Absolutely, um, and and yeah. Uh, so, so that element of it in the last few weeks has been quite challenging, quite interesting, quite, yeah. quite difficult at times. And do you um, find yourself being an, an observer, or uh, or, enge- or are you engaging with that? Debate? I try, try and hold back, but, but sometimes I do. I get drawn into stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's just tricky, tricky. 
It's, it's tough. And I, I mean, I was very similar to you. I was not on, well, I was on kind of personal social media, um, but I hadn't really used Twitter before um, until I started lecturing. And I thought, okay, well, maybe I could engage with, with some people around education, as you say, and kind of therapy. Um, and overall, I think it's been generally positive, but have uh, as you've seen yourself kind of can get into situations where you think oh gosh how did I end up here you know kind of if it's not where I wanted to go um or as you say observing things from the outside as well um but I think generally I've found therapists to be quite supportive of each other really and that's what you'd you'd hope you know yeah absolutely I mean the therapist connect hashtag has that's brought to my feet a lot of stuff um, that I've found really valuable, really useful. Uh, um, Fantastic. I, I picked up a couple of CPD stuff through through it, um, and CPD events, and and it's yeah. Some of the conversations, just the conversations on an everyday basis, have been yeah really, really nice. And it is, it is a, as a private practitioner, um, there is the potential for, to become quite isolated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to, to kind of uh, not not be making regular contact with other practitioners, and I think although it's quite a light touch on Twitter because you've only got the two hundred eight characters, yeah. Um, just knowing that there is a body of people out there yeah. who have kind of you know, exposed a bit of themselves. You've got a flavour of who they are and how they approach life and therapy and, and the world. There's a baseline there that I'm kind of I'm aware that if I needed to make contact with some people, yeah, I have some names in my head of people who I might drop a message to to say, yeah, you know, any advice on this or I'm struggling with this or something like that. And um, I would probably say that they would all respond as well to help you out because um, uh, what I've found particularly is that um, lots of these people are there because they do want to connect and they do want to support each other, you know. Um, and I think you're right. I think being in private practice particularly can be quite lonely and isolating, um, whether you're kind of newly qualified or you've been doing it for kind of 20 years or whatever. Um, you know, we don't get that many opportunities to, to mix with other therapists, I don't think. But it's been great chatting to you, um, and I wish you the best of luck with your private practice in these difficult times. Sounds like you've got it covered, though. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could roll with the changes, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah thanks, thanks very much. Thank, thank you very you. much. Okay, cheers. Thanks, Kieran. All right. Thanks again. Take care. Bye bye. Take care. Bye now. Thank you for listening to the Therapist Connect podcast. Go to www.therapist-connect dot com for more discussions and debates.